Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 115. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, I have a special guest, and we're going to talk about don't build your credit score, build your wealth. Here we go. I'm so excited to have on the show today, Steve Stewart from the podcast, No Debt, No Credit, No Problems. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. So I know that you talk about credit and you're an expert on different things about how to improve your credit. But one of the things that I found really interesting about you is you were talking about how credit worthiness is more important than a credit score. So first of all, tell people what is credit worthiness? Right. And I actually don't talk about credit so much as being credit worthy. And I think people have this misconception that being credit worthy means your credit score is really good. And it's more of a subset of that, that credit scores and that whole checking your credit score all the time. It's really a subset of being credit worthy. Being credit worthy is really more like an abstract topic. It really isn't, it, it's nothing you can point to and it's nothing you can quantify. It's just saying, hey, I'll give you credit for that. You know, I'll say, I'll give you credit for that quote that you just said. You know, things like that. It's abstract. Credit worthiness then would say, this person is worthy of getting a car loan, getting a house loan, of renting an apartment, of getting some kind of leeway that we're allowing them. That's what credit worthiness is. Whereas a credit score, when you think about what that is, that is something you can actually get your hands on or you could actually see something tangible representing credit worthiness, but it's a very, very small localized version of that. And I think we're going to get into that topic here in just a minute on what it, what a credit score really is. Yeah, let's go more into what a credit score really is. Let's talk about that. I've had some experts on the show, and they they state the obvious, which is, of course, pay your bills on time and don't have big balances on your credit cards and obvious things like that. But what else can people do that can help them improve their credit score? What else do you think is fundamental to a credit score? Well, I don't teach people to improve their credit score. I teach people to improve their wealth, which also then increases their chances of being credit worthy. Let's talk about what a credit score is. It's a three-digit number. It's based on these algorithms. But what's included in a credit score is not your entire financial picture. A lot of people think that it is. It's really not. Do you want me to jump through the how much of your score is based on what type of discussion? Or have you already had episodes on that? Because we could dig into that. No, let's dig into that. Yeah. Okay, so... What your FICO score is, FICO is Fair Isaacs Corporation. They started evaluating people's creditworthiness back in 1950s is when they first started the algorithm, and it really took off in the 80s. Uh, but what, what they can measure is only what they can get. And what they get is information from lenders, lenders and people who are reporting debts that haven't been paid. So we have 35% of a FICO score is payment history. That's how well you've paid your debts back. is what you owe on your debts. 15% is that history of the actual credit. So it's it's not just what you have on payments, but it's actually 
all of those credits. You know, you might have a credit card that you don't use. So you might have that long tail of a, of a credit card that has no history in it. They're going to include that too. Then there's new credit. You know, how much credit are you taking out today in the past couple of months? That's 10% of that score. And then 10% is also the type of credit. Now, what we just talked about is, is okay, credit cards, student loans, car loans, all those things that they can measure. Uh, by the way, it also includes debts that you did not repay. So you might have uh, a cell phone provider that you just decided you weren't going to pay that bill anymore. And that is going to now show up on your credit score, whereas beforehand, it wouldn't. It would never show up on your credit score because it's not a debt. It only becomes something that FICO can measure when it gets reported to them. That's debts. That's things that you didn't pay. That's this whole history of credit cards and things like that. So when you look at the FICO score, it's all based on debt. And what I like to tell people is don't focus on your score. Your score is going to be fine. But the problem with the score is now we have to play all these games to improve our number to become credit worthy. Well, why not just do smart things with money to become credit worthy without worrying about the credit score? And what that means is, like you mentioned before, it's very boring, but it's, it's really simple. Pay your bills and debts on time. Have an emergency fund so that you don't have to go into debt when you're short. You don't have to rely on debt when you're short, because really, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to improve a credit score, or are we trying to improve and build wealth? And I think building wealth is much more important than building a credit score. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, people are really stuck with these student loans that they have, and that's mm-hmm. really a shame, because that seems to be the sticking point where a lot of people you know, are just saddled with that debt their whole life. And so that's unfortunate because they can't ever get discharged in bankruptcy or anything. They have them their entire life. Yeah, student loans can be a real bear. It's not really for entire life, though. They can pay it off. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and but, that's, where I, yeah. that's where I come into play with, with someone who are coaching one-on-one is how do we get that margin in their, fin- their monthly finances to be able to tackle that? Now, student loans usually are the last things that we tackle because it has become this huge epidemic, five or six digit numbers of of borrowing money for an education. And there's nothing there you can sell except for your talents, which you should be doing anyway in the marketplace. Sell yourself to a a career or position from the education that you received. So it is really hard to do. But when you get that margin in your life and then you start to, maybe, maybe you focus on some other debts. You get an emergency fund in a place so you don't go back into debt. And you also pay attention to what you're spending so you can decrease your outgo from your monthly expenses and have more of that margin to knock out some of those other debts so that eventually you do get to the point where you're like, okay, I can really chunk some money at this student loan and get out of that student loan debt in two, three, five, whatever years it takes instead of having it your whole life. Yeah, and people really need to get after it and focus on it right away because it can compound and build up quite quickly. Yeah, I've been hearing more horror stories lately about you know, the interest and the penalties that come from these student loans that, you know, it almost sounds like a credit card these days, a credit card that you just stop paying. It's, it's ridiculous. I just had uh, Jay Fleischman on my show and boy, I'll tell you, he's, he's telling me these things. I'm like, okay, this is a real problem. I don't have this problem with, with student loan debt. My daughter is going to college in about four years. Hopefully we won't have to worry about it then either. We've got some time to plan for it. But yeah, it's, it's a scary situation. So I can certainly feel for someone who's got five-digit loan of student loan debts, but there's things that we can do. And that's, that's the important message I'd like to have come out of at least today's discussion. 
And when you talk about things to do, you mentioned freeing up some cash so that they can take it out of somewhere else and reallocate those assets to help pay off that debt. Is that the focus that you lead people to? Sure. Well, I I follow Dave Ramsey's program because it's just the simplest to understand. And if if somebody who's listening doesn't know it already, you know, the first thing you do is is stop borrowing more money. And that's, that's the goal here is to stop borrowing more money and then get together a small emergency fund. And then when you've got that, you don't fall on your credit cards when you need to, you know, replace a flat tire. And that keeps you whole for that month at least. And then you start to pay off your smallest debts and, and you could you could decide on a higher interest rate debt, whatever you want to do. But you got to stay focused on, on paying off those debts. And as you knock out one debt after another after another, the minimum payments that you're required to send every month go down, which allows you more money to start throwing at the next debt. And if you've got to sell some things to knock those things out, then you you know to have a garage sale. It's coming up here in the spring. It's time for garage sale season. Let's get rid of some stuff if we can. Working extra jobs to increase the income, that's big. I mean, there, right now we've got people who are getting ready to uh, have their lawns mowed every Saturday. This could be a simple job that doesn't require much of a license, or you know, you don't need a bond with the city in most cases. Uh, depends on where you live. You know, but then there's also dog walking services, and you know we, we can go into that whole discussion. I'm sure you've had episodes about that. But you know, working extra work, getting overtime, increasing the income, because we're looking for that margin on a monthly basis to be able to point more money at your goal, and hopefully your goal is build up some wealth after you get out of debt. Because what else are you going to do, right? That's right. Yeah. Ultimately, it's hard to build wealth when you're in debt because people can't take the risk. And because investing always involves risk, as you know, and so people feel really uncomfortable taking any risk while they're in debt. So they really have to pay the debt off before they can get to their wealth building. So it's super important that they do that. And I love the fact that you talk about an extra income because I think that that's often overlooked. People are, you know, talking about being more frugal and cutting this and cutting that, but they don't really put a lot of effort toward what are some income streams that we could start. So I love talking about more income streams and getting people to figure out ways that they can make extra money. Right. And with the internet, I mean, the world is flat and there's all kinds of opportunities to make money. And now it's hard. It's not, it's not easy to do. It's not like you open up a blog and you start making money, but there's all kinds of things you can do using the internet as well to market yourself. You know, social media helps people to get their name out there. So you might have, I remember um, we had a, we had a snow day here in St. Louis just a couple weeks ago. And something popped up on Twitter. I don't follow them, but somehow I think somebody local retweeted it. And it's a local uh, cleaning service. I'd never heard of them before, but they said, hey, we're not going to be able to make it out to our appointments today. I'm thinking that's really cool. I just learned that there's a, a house cleaning service in St. Louis, and they're keeping in touch with clients in a number of ways. And one of them is via Twitter. I mean, how cool <laughs> is that, right? Uh-huh. And what does it cost them? It costs them, uh, you know, a couple pecks on their phone and and hit the the send button. That's what it that's what it cost them. So, yeah, I love that. It's perfect. There's uh, there's so many things. I mean, I I have a story about a friend who hired an attorney through a, a tweet on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, you just don't realize how social media really impacts us and how we have access to anybody and communications are open and and it just you know. People 
don't really realize sometimes the changes that we're going through and how vast they are. And I say that, you know, prosperity is all around us. And sometimes we feel like we're in the grocery store and we're starving to death because we can't see all of the opportunities around us because Mm -hmm. they're different than than what they used to be. And the ways to make money are new and different. So -hmm. you have to learn new skills. It's not about going out and getting a job. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to make money online. And I love I love learning it. If you just look at the the, the work economy out here now today, and I know the studies that I've heard these statistics from are, are a little old, but I, I remember hearing something like within five years, 70% of the workforce are working in jobs that are unrelated to their degree. Well, that's because those jobs didn't really exist back then, did they? You know, how many people were working on computers as a focus of their job 10 or 15 years ago? It didn't really exist like it does today. Now everybody has a computer with almost any job they do if they're not working in some kind of a... Uh, a service industry. But then, you know, it, let's say it's a plumber. Like there was a guy who came out here a couple weeks ago, did some work on our house, whipped out his smartphone, put that little square device in the dongle and swiped my debit card. That's a computer. Mm-hmm. This type of thing didn't exist where now it's, it's creating more opportunities. So yeah, it, it's completely off topic, but very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Very fun. <laughs> All right. So we'll get back on topic. So <laughs> let's talk about credit worthiness and why it's more important than a credit score. Well, again, if you think about it, a credit score is just going to focus you to the things that improves a credit score. And those things are borrow money often, pay it back, and usually there's some kind of interest involved with that, which I don't like that part of it at all. And when you're playing with these things, it costs you more money than if you just paid things outright. When you're thinking about building your credit worthiness, I mean, you're really not even thinking about it. You're just doing smart things with money. You know, pay for things get some money to be able to put into investments, and then you can focus more time on the investments, not, hey, am I using my credit card's utilization rate properly? Am I peaking that 30%? Am I below it? Am I? Who cares? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Don't worry mm-hmm. about your credit score. The world's going to tell you you need to have good credit score. I'm telling you, don't worry about your credit score. It's a subset of being credit worthy. When you do smart things with money, the credit score kind of follows along until you get to a peak, and that's where you actually stop borrowing money altogether and don't have any open lines of credit. Now you're talking about a completely different world. That's the world that I'm about to live in now. My wife and I, we just paid off the house in December. We have no, I have no lines of credit. I haven't had credit cards in eight years. There's nothing for FICO to evaluate. So how does FICO measure me? They have nothing to measure me against. So I, it's, eventually it's going to become where I don't exist to them. But you would think... Steve Stewart over here, no debt, they own a house, own their cars outright, pay cash for vacations and window replacements and all that stuff. Would I not be good for a home loan? Really? You know, that's, that's the question that, that I have a problem with when you're talking about building your credit score. Because I would think that if a bank really wanted to uh, do what they do, and that's you know, make loans to people, I really think that I'm probably a prime customer of theirs if they just didn't only look at the credit score. Mm-hmm. So have you examined whether that's hurt your credit score to pay off all your debt? You know, here's a weird thing about it. Okay, so my wife and I, we just paid off the uh, house in December. So I had a home mortgage. We'll, we'll say back in 2006 is when we started this program and we stopped borrowing more money. We started paying off our consumer debt. That was all paid off by 2007. I had cut up my credit cards by then because I found I wasn't using them. Just took out the middleman altogether and cut up the credit cards and paid with cash, debit, and even check. So I, I haven't had any open lines of credit except for the mortgage. And I know that I pulled my score because I was writing about it and talking about it. So I thought, well, let's take a look. What is Steve Stewart's credit score when he only has 
a mortgage on it. So in 2014, it was about uh, 769. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's considered good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, 769, just a mortgage. There's a couple credit cards that still hadn't dropped off there yet, but now we're about the eighth year, and supposedly this is when most lines of credits will drop off if they've been inactive or closed. Well, I checked it again in October of last year. We still had the mortgage, so I haven't checked it recently. I probably should, but it went up to 775 and more of the credit cards had dropped off. So I'm a little confused because when they say, you know, so much of your credit score is based on your credit history, your payment history, new credit, blah, blah, blah. I don't have any new credit, so it really can't evaluate that, can it? That should be flat zero. Types of credit, all I've got is one, a mortgage, and a couple old cards that haven't been, I mean, it didn't make sense to me that the score actually went up. Mm-hmm. So I'm waiting to see what happens. In a few months, I'll pull my score again. But right now, there's there's nothing for them to evaluate except a history of a mortgage that's paid off. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Well, it you know it it always kind of struck me as odd that like the last I don't know five seven years we've been so focused on these FICO scores. Oh. I mean, I spent over 25 years in the financial industry. We never talked about FICO scores ever. It wasn't, it just wasn't, you know, of course I was on the investment side and we were talking about investing money, but it just, it became this huge thing. And now these commercials where people are, you know, cheering that they have this great FICO score, it just seems like it's just way out of balance, you know, and I like your approach because it seems more balanced. It seems like we're focusing on the right things. The score is going to take care of itself if you're doing the right things. And yes, it's important to have credit. It's important to establish credit, especially for any millennials who are listening to the show. They've got to, you know, get their credit started. It's different for us having had a lifetime full of opportunities to use credit or buy a car or have a car loan or whatever, pay off credit cards. So, you know, we have that history, but for new people, I think it's so important for starting out. So what advice do you have for like a millennial just graduating from college and, and getting started with credit? Well, I have to go back again. Don't worry about credit. <laughs> what is it that we're trying to accomplish here? We get out of school. What do we need to do? Find a place to live, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. There are places that will rent to you without you having a credit score. Now, we haven't really talked about the real problem in the room is, is having a bad credit score. Whether you have a bad credit score or bad things on your credit report, it's all the same. you got some issues there in your finances that are going to keep you from being credit worthy in the first place. Now we have something we really need to address here. Why do we have bad credit? And that's, it doesn't matter what the FICO score algorithm is. We need to be paying for things on time. We need to be paying our light bill and our electric bill and our cell phone bill. And if you have a car payment and all that stuff. But if we're getting out of college and mom and dad paid for our schooling and we paid cash for our car and we never needed a credit card because we just paid you know, with a debit card, why do we need to build credit? We need to build credit for what? A car loan? Well, I would recommend somebody saves up and pay cash for a car. Would they need credit to rent an apartment? Some places look at your credit score, but if you can prove to them that you're credit worthy because you have no debt and you've got some money in savings, why would they not want to rent to somebody who's been responsible with money like you? When you get to the point where you're going to buy a house, same thing. There's actually a company called eCredible that will create a credit worthiness report for you. Now, it will cost you money to get it run. And what they do is they manually verify you paid your cell phone bill and your cable bill. And they do all this stuff, and they can provide the lender who's going to rate you for a loan. 
uh, they will provide that lender with this third-party report, and that would then have to be uh, has to be included in their consideration for the loan. So even if you don't have a credit score, you can go to them with this report and say, "Hey, I may not have been borrowing money with credit cards or taking out car loans because I pay cash for everything. Here's something that shows." that I actually do exist and I actually do have bills. I just don't have debts. And that should be enough, I would think, for a bank who would want to make money on a home loan. Of course, it has to be reasonable, uh, but it forces them to kind of do what we did way back in the day, which was look at the person, not at the score. Well, that's an interesting concept. And, you know, maybe that will be the way of the future. Who knows? I certainly hope so. But it, it definitely is kind of like a flashback to the past to be able to look at somebody and not some score to figure if this person's good for whatever it is that they're trying to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Steve, this has been so enlightening. How can people reach you if they want to learn more from you? Well, everything I do is over at stevestewart.me. Uh, I couldn't get the .com because the guy who has the same name as me has owned the .com domain since 1997. I don't think I'm going to get that one anytime soon. <laughs> so Steve Stewart, that's S-T-E-W-A-R-T dot M-E. That's where they can find all my social media. They can find my podcast and other resources for my financial coaching services. Excellent. And they can listen to your No Debt, No Credit, No Problems podcast to be more specific on iTunes. I love it. Well, good. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Steve. Great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.